Hey guys, welcome to the Men of Valor podcast. My name is Casey McCauley, and we're continuing in our Advent season in our harvest groups with our families at our church. It's a blessing to study God's word together. Well, as you know, there's so many sights and sounds associated with the Christmas season, and they all evoke different emotions in us. You knew it was coming, stores started selling decorations in the summer, and now it's here. As you think of the word Christmas or about the holiday season, what first comes to mind? We all know the power of word associations. These are knee-jerk reactions that immediately come to us. For example, if I mention the GOAT of basketball, you think of Michael Jordan or maybe even LeBron. When I say L.A. baseball team, you think of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim? No, you think of the Dodgers. What word is automatically associated with Christmas? Oh man, there's a bunch of good ones. I think of church and family, music and food, lights and gifts. But in this podcast, I want to offer an even quicker reaction than these. It's the two amazing words, the names given of the Messiah, Jesus and Emmanuel. This is the message of Christmas. Jesus, the Lord saves. Emmanuel, God with us. And the title of this podcast episode is The Name Above All Names. The Gospels describe the amazing story of Jesus. It's been observed that Matthew begins with a genealogy. Intellectually, the Christmas story is rooted in history. Mark begins with John the Baptist and a call to repentance. Morally, the Christmas story requires our repentance. Luke begins with the wonder and worship of the birth of Christ. Emotionally, the Christmas story invites our worship. And John, well, he begins at the beginning, the beginning of all things, that from all of eternity, Jesus, the Word, the Logos, was with God and is God. And the Word became flesh, that God so loved the world, He sent His Son and gives eternal life. Relationally, the Christmas story restores our relationship with God. The Word became flesh. He came for us. He came as us. It's the incarnation, how God the Son took to himself a human nature. Jesus, fully God, fully man. He possesses the full range of both human and divine characteristics. As it's been observed by author Sam Storms, God became human. The invisible became visible. The untouchable became touchable. Eternal life experienced temporal death. The transcendent one descended and drew near. The unlimited became limited. The infinite became finite. The immutable became mutable. The unbreakable became fragile. Spirit became matter. Eternity entered time. The independent became dependent. The almighty became weak. The loved became the hated. The exalted was humbled. Glory was subjected to shame. Fame turned into obscurity. From inexpressible joy to tears of unbelievable grief. From ruler to being ruled. From power to weakness. From a throne to a cross. The word became flesh. And what's his name? His name is Jesus, Emmanuel. He saves and he is with us. I encourage you for further reading in Pastor Greg's Advent devotional, Heaven's Light Breaking, consider the readings from December 3rd and 4th, What's in a Name, and December 24th, God with us. Brothers, take this moment right now and in the season at large to consider the wonder of the Christ of Christmas. He came on a rescue mission to seek and to save that which was lost. And he saved us by serving us. Philippians chapter 2 verses 7 to 8 says, 
Jesus emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And what happened next? He rose again three days later, defeating our greatest enemy of sin and Satan and separation from God. He ascended to heaven where he now rules and reigns and will one day return. And so Philippians chapter 2 continues in verses 9 to 11. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It's been said tomorrow's history has already been written. At the name of Jesus every knee must bow. What an amazing message, the message of Christmas, that the creator is the redeemer, the judge is the savior, the ruler is the servant. And what's our response? Is it to go into debt trying to find the perfect present? To fall off ladders while trying to have the best Christmas lights in the neighborhood? To be a Scrooge when someone says happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas? No, it's to stand in awe and to bow our knees now. It's been said, the greatest threat against Christmas isn't secularism or consumerism, but rather it's boredom. To not be moved by the most magnificent story ever told. It's to behold the wonder and the glory of the incarnation. To hear afresh the amazing words, you shall call his name Jesus. They shall call his name Emmanuel. What a beautiful name. What a powerful name. There are dozens of descriptions and titles of Christ spread throughout the Bible, and you can easily look them up and be encouraged by such truths. But this is what we see in the birth narratives of our Lord in those first moments in Luke chapter 1 and Matthew chapter 1. Luke describes the foretelling of Jesus' birth through Mary's eyes, and Matthew describes it through Joseph's eyes. Let's briefly consider how they first heard it. Luke chapter 1 verses 26 to 33. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And now Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name 
Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Amen. This is God's word. These narratives are so full of emotion, shock and suspense, anxiety and anticipation. With these announcements, it just it all escalates so quickly. And of course, this is just a summary, a few verses. Try to imagine all the human tension and emotion as Mary and Joseph process all that they have heard. She would bear the child. He would name the child, but the child would save them. She would carry the child in her pregnancy. He would carry the responsibility for the child, but Jesus would ultimately carry them. He is the Savior. And through it all, Mary and Joseph heard the amazing news and instruction that this son from the Holy Spirit, the one who will be great and the son of the most high, who will have the throne and will reign, whose kingdom will never end, this son, what is his name? What are they to call him? They shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. This Christmas season, take some time to reflect on these two beautiful and powerful names. His name is Jesus, which means the Lord saves. His name is Emmanuel, which means God with us. And in the famous words of the theologian Linus, that's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. The Lord saves. God is with us. Jesus, our Emmanuel. First, consider the name Jesus. Oh, there's no sweeter name than the name of Jesus. The long-awaited Messiah finally came, and his name is Jesus. The name Jesus comes from the transliteration of the Greek, the letters I-E-S-O-U-S, pronounced Iesus. And this comes from the Hebrew name Yeshua, which means Yahweh saves. His name is connected with his mission. He came to save. You shall call his name Jesus. Why? The key word is next. For. For he will save his people from their sins. Not maybe. Not might. He will. Jesus saves. His people are saved from their sins. And that's good news. It's often noted just how all-encompassing Jesus' saving work is. He saved us from the penalty of sin. He is saving us from the power of sin. And he will save us from the presence of sin. You can call this the three tenses of our salvation, past, present, and future. From the penalty, the power, and the presence of sin. First, we are saved from sin's penalty. This is justification. We are judicially declared righteous in God's sight because of what Jesus has done for us. Jesus lived a perfect life and died a sacrificial death. He lived for us. He died for us. As 2 Corinthians 5.21 shows us, it's the great exchange. He took our sin and gives us his righteousness. Because of the shed blood and righteousness of Christ, we stand before God just as if we have never sinned and just as if we have always obeyed. Amazing. We hear the words of our Savior. It is finished. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Jesus saves, and he is a greater savior than we are sinners. But Jesus continues his saving work in us now, today, right now. He is presently in the process of saving us from the presence of sin, 
We are being saved from sin's power. This is sanctification, how we are set apart for the Savior, that we would decrease and he would increase, that we are continually, day by day, being set free from the power of sin by the greater power of the Holy Spirit. Of course, we don't become sinless, but we sin less and less as we become more and more like Jesus, being conformed to the image of Christ. And then one day, finally and fully, we will be saved from sin's presence. This is glorification. It's the day when our faith becomes sight, the race is done, and the fight is finished. It's to be in his presence, as Psalm 1611 says, where there's fullness of joy and pleasure forevermore. The presence of sin, the brokenness of our world and of our lives is replaced with the perfect presence of the Lord. And to this we respond, Jesus, what a Savior. And second, let's consider the name Emmanuel. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23 quotes Isaiah 7:14, showing how this prophecy of Jesus was fulfilled some 700 years later. It's been said that if we could condense all the truths of Christmas into only three words, they would be God with us. This is a reminder that God always keeps his promises. He was faithful then, he is faithful now. And we are never alone. He will never leave us and never forsake us. John Newton, the author of Amazing Grace, wrote, How sweet the name of Jesus sounds in a believer's ear. It soothes his sorrows, heals his wounds, and drives away his fears. No matter what our situation is this Christmas, whether it's busy and crazy or slow and lonely or anything in between, we can be assured that God is with us. It's proven, it's assured in all that God has done. At Bethlehem, he is God with us. At Calvary, he is God for us. At Pentecost, he is God in us. Jesus came to be with us, to die for us, to rise again and send the Holy Spirit to now live inside of us. Look no further, friends. From the lowly stable to the bloody cross, from the empty tomb to the occupied throne, from the presence and power of the Spirit, we have the precious promise that God is with us, God is for us, and God is in us. And so, how should we respond? Well, like Mary and Joseph, like the angels, like the wise men, with wonder and with worship. Let the name of Jesus be in your heart and on your lips this Christmas season, through singing, through praying, and through sharing. We sing the name of Jesus. As Colossians chapter 3, verses 15 to 17 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Christ's peace rules in us. Christ's word dwells in us. And we respond with worship and do everything in the name of Jesus for his glory, in his authority, according to his will, by his grace. And as this text says, part of this expression is singing. Oh, tis the season. So of course I have to quote a Christmas song. 
Yes, I'll spare you from my singing, and no, it's not the 12 days of Christmas. It's such a theologically rich Christmas song. Hark, the herald angels sing by Charles Wesley. It says, Christ, by highest heaven adored, Christ, the everlasting Lord, late in time, behold him come, offspring of the virgin's womb, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity, pleased with us in flesh to dwell, Jesus, our Emmanuel. Next, we also pray in the name of Jesus. As we see in John 14 and 15, this is how Jesus taught us to pray in his name. This isn't something we just simply say at the end of a prayer to conclude. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. Although we can certainly do that, of course. But the point is that the entire prayer from beginning to end is in the name of Jesus, meaning it's for his glory, for his purpose, his kingdom, his will. I like how Brian Chappell describes this in his book, Praying Backwards, Transform Your Prayer Life by Beginning in Jesus' Name. It describes how Jesus makes it possible for us to approach God, and so we approach him in prayer in Jesus' name. We aren't approaching God based on our good works, but on his, his perfect life, his sacrificial death, his victorious resurrection. He writes, we pray in the name of Jesus to profess our need of him and to proclaim our trust in the provision of his righteousness he has made for us. In other words, you can say that praying in Jesus' name is the ultimate name drop. You're coming to God the Father by the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus the Son, not by your name or your power. It's because of Jesus. We all know what it's like to name drop. I know so-and-so. They sent me. I'm with them. And praying in Jesus' name is saying, well, hey, I'm with Jesus. It's his authority. It's his righteousness. And I want what he wants. So I surrender my prayers to his purposes. And it's this practice that can radically change our perspective, showing us what truly matters most. So let's worship as we pray in the powerful name of Jesus. And finally... Let's share Jesus. This holiday season, let us tell others the good news, to proclaim it, to live it, to share it, to share the gospel with our words and to show the gospel with our works, that everything in this Christmas season is pointing to Christ and that we can share with the world the greatest present of all time, one that you can't buy, can't earn, and don't deserve, one that can't be replaced, never expires, and only gets better in life. It's the gift of God, salvation, the forgiveness of sin, abundant life now and eternal life forevermore. As Romans 10:13 says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What a gift. What a promise and what hope and joy we have. What a beautiful name. What a powerful name. The name above all names, Jesus, our Emmanuel. May God bless you and keep you this Christmas season. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.